Okay, yes sir, welcome to the first official episode of uh, 22 and No Clue. And I've brought with me special guest, someone I've known for about eight or nine years of my life. Give a virtual applause to my boy Tim. Hey everyone, it's uh, Tim Arden. So as Kyle said, we've known each other for a while. And yeah, I'm just here to tell you about, you know, being 22 with No Clue and almost 23 and... <laughs> I guess I'm still 22 with no clue, though, right now, so... Yes, sir. I mean, literally, it's my birthday next week. Yeah. And, and then yours in a few days after. I guess we can start 23 with no clue. Nah, it's, it's in line with the brand. <laughs> in line with the brand. So, uh, yeah, like we said, um, known each other for a couple of years now. Um, first met in, what, 2013? I'd P2? say so. I'd say so, yeah. It's a boarding school in uh, Ruiru. If you're from Kenya, you know what that is. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, so we both went to Paponi. Well, I came second term of year nine. Yeah. Because um, I was coming from an A44 school, St. Mary's. I think our, our school is quite uh, special in the way that its size, like the actual like, amount of pupils. Yeah. And uh, I feel like everyone in our year was quite involved with everyone else. And, yeah, yeah. Um, even though you were in a different boarding house. I mean, I was always up there, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> and... I was in a different house, but I was always I was always at their house, and um, yeah, we always like hung out and we came pretty close. And I mean, it was more like concentrated groups, of course, but overall, we got along with everyone. I mean, yeah, because Magadi was downstairs and Charlie was upstairs. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure. Still, I'm actually I don't know how it is nowadays, but it's yeah, it's been a while now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been ages. But yeah, um, always used to be upstairs because in year nine, you're set up. You have four people in one room, mm. um, two beds, and like a bunk bed. And I remember Tim every weekend because you were a full boarder, yeah. Yeah. Every weekend I'd come from because I was a weekly. Um, I think the only other full boarder in our room was Ivan. Yeah. And then every weekend we'd come back on Monday. Tim <laughs> would be in. I think it was Tiger's bed. <laughs> and Tiger would literally come back and find burgers, bread <laughs> under underneath nah, his pillow. Okay. <laughs> the thing is, I want to clear the air out right now that the pieces of food that were left behind back in Tiger's bed was not. My doing completely. There was others. Eat, there were other, others enjoying a meal in that bed. No, no, no. And I just got the shorter than the stick because I was the one sleeping there. And um, I think some people we need to maybe tell them like how there's four boarders weekly, and then you have like the day students. And when I came, when I came to the UK, and um, when I was working one of my jobs, I told one of the guys that I used to go to boarding school in Kenya. Mm. And then this guy, like his mood, like switched up. He was like, "Oh my goodness." Because he treated me like I was damaged or something, yeah. bro. And then it's because he's, to be fair, he's kind of like a bit older. Yeah. So I guess his During vision his of yeah. boarding school was like like cruel. Like guys are yeah. in there getting like abused. <laughs> but I mean, I wasn't really like that with Paponi. But when I was in year nine, mm. I remember my first night. <laughs> so basically just to give some context, when you're like a junior, year nine, that you have to be in bed by a certain time. I think it was like 9.30 or 9 or something like that. Yeah. So on my first night, you know, I was there. I was like dallying, <laughs> you know, getting ready for bed. And I remember like hearing one of the prefects who was like in year 12 or year 13 coming down the corridor. <laughs> and now I'm still there in my locker, you know, like putting stuff away. Then he's like, why are you still out? Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just be a minute. He's like, no, nah, get in bed now. I'm like, no, just give me give me a few minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, I was thinking, you know, it's relaxed, it's yeah. chill. But nah. It's like you did something wrong. Yeah. And after that night, I mm. never went to bed late again. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, in terms of general like misconceptions about boarding school, I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like it's different in the UK, for sure. Yeah, I mean, from my experience, I feel like boarding, boarding schools all over are they're pretty similar. And speaking to people who've also gone to boarding school and yeah. we've all had the same experiences and also it has to become your second home and mm-hmm. you really become much closer to the people that you live with and... Yeah. You learn a lot about them and like your brothers. And I mean, obviously the experience for everyone is different. And so I know some people who've gone to boarding school absolutely hated it. Yeah. And then while others loved it like us. And yeah, no, I feel like everyone like, you know, yeah, pretty much like, yeah. like preferred. Because even those times, even though I was, I was a weekly boarder, like there'd be times, especially like in year 12 and 13, you'd, you'd, you'd still stay the weekends. Yeah. Just because, you know, like all your friends are there. But then, yeah, I wanted to kind of swing it back to you because I know you left... P2 in year 11. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I just wanted to ask, was that your own decision, you know? How did you find the transition leaving? It was a bit strange because I, I, was, I was only told about... So it wasn't my decision at all, no. At the time, I was really upset about going, leaving P2. Yeah. I got so comfortable, you know? I mean, with my life, I've always moved around. And I knew that there was a time coming where I'd have to leave. And this time, leaving P2 was actually so much harder. Because mm. I'd forgotten about that, like, that I'm actually... I'm not here to stay. So my parents were telling me now, thinking sometime in year 11, that they're looking at schools in the UK for me to go to. Yeah. It would still be boarding, but I think I was just sad about saying bye to the friends. And I was also just not sure if I was going to see them again and how easy it would be to see them everyone again. And yeah. But coming back, like coming to the UK for boarding school, it is, I'd say the boarding life is the same, but... I think also depends where you go to boarding school because yeah. where we were in Kenya, we we're quite in the middle of nowhere, you know. And um, when I came to boarding school here, we had a town near us, and I was it was more and more interaction with the outside. And I mean, it was still enjoyable, and I made the same close friendships and relationships that I keep till today. Mm. And that's uh, that's one of the benefits of boarding school. I think that we really get to come so close with everyone that we went with, and those are friends for life. And I mean, yeah, but what was, what was, like, the main difference, you'd say, between, like, boarding school in Kenya versus the UK? The culture, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was more of a... When coming to the UK, there was more cliques, mm. and there was definitely more, like, separation of groups, you know? Yeah. And there was that whole, like, almost, like, jocks, nerds, and whatever type... Yeah, yeah, Groupings, yeah. and... Yeah. But, yeah, that was the difference. That was, that was one of the major differences, um, like, socially. And right. I think also the people, like... Because it was a pretty international school as well when I, that I went to. Yeah. And even even P2 was quite international. But it was... This one was way more countries that, like, I hadn't even heard of before. and Yeah. Or I've heard of and just never even know, knew, known anyone from there. Damn. So you went to a bougie boarding school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, yeah, you said it's different socially. I mean, I can imagine... Because I feel like it was that, did you find like that was kind of a precursor for what life would be like at a UK university? Definitely. Prior to coming to Kenya, I was out of the UK for I don't know how many years now. It was um, including the time in Kenya and then before Kenya, I was in the States. Yeah. I'd forgotten what the UK, the UK is like and mm. I'd only come back maybe to see family. And I was in a small bubble, you know, just around like aunts, uncles, uh, yeah, cousins. Yeah. And the mindset is also very different. Mm. I think in Kenya it was a it was more like one for all, all for one type thing, and then over here it was all for whoever is like close to me, whoever like is right. you know. I did it didn't feel that as inclusive, I'd say. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but then, yeah, because obviously you still studied A-levels and all that um, yeah. in the UK. Do you think it would have made a difference if you did your A-levels in Peponi, for example? Honestly, I I feel like um, because of the shift of like coming to a new place yeah. and like having to resettle sort of myself. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think like at the time I remember thinking to myself, like I probably would have done better um, if I stayed in P2 and like I would have done better on my grades. Yeah. Um, I still did fine, but I feel like I could have gotten, I would have been way more. Yeah, you felt like the disruption yeah. like to your life was a bit too much. Yeah, to some extent. And um, I mean, after the first year of doing A-levels, I got a lot more settled. You know, I had my yeah. friendship group and um, life was good. So, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, because that whole A-level experience, um, just swinging it back to mine, especially because, yeah, obviously I, I carried on till year 13. So I did my A-levels in Paponi. Um and yeah, I mean, I just remember because it was the, like the week of my final year 13 exams. Yeah. And I remember like on the day I got sick, I had like five exams that week, like wow. all in back to back, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Friday, I had five exams. That's hell. So yeah, I mean, did my exams. I mean, in mocks and everything, my predicted grades, I had like A's mm. and like a few B's. Um, so obviously the uni application process you have to do UCAS in year 12 or whenever it is yeah uh, you apply to them they look at your predicted grades they give you offers based on your predicted grades mm. um, so obviously because I was like I did law so I, w- or I wanted to go into law so you know the grades for law are like sometimes like A star AA or yeah. AAA triple A um, AAB for example so but then obviously with my predicted grades like I got those offers um, but then when it actually came to doing the exams like a guy a guy underperformed yeah <laughs> underperformed heavily but i mean wow. so yeah then it i remember because I, I remember that day so vividly like i remember i was like taking a shower mm-hmm. then like um i think it was results day so on results day like peponi like emails um your parents and you like your your results basically so yeah i remember i was literally taking a shower my mom like knocks on the door she's like your your results are in i'm like okay and she opened them already or yeah because they, they got sent to her email wow. so it was, a, it was a thing of like yeah they've already seen it i'm like okay i look at them i'm like damn what's next damn yeah because then yeah then the next few days because my like my journey to uni i don't even know if i don't even know if you know this like bro it was so like it was so hectic man no, so yeah i got, got my results wasn't what i needed for law so right. i'm like okay so I emailed um, Kent Law School because um, that's where I wanted to go. Mm. Uh, that was my first choice. I emailed them. I'm like, listen, you know, you've seen my predicted grades. You know, <laughs> if you're Kenyan, you know this thing of like you can talk to guys nicely. <laughs> but these guys in the UK, they're like, hey, look, there's, there's nothing we can do yeah. for you. So, yeah, you know, I emailed them. I'm like, you know, you've seen my predicted grades. You know, like throughout the year, I've been getting like solid grades. Just I fell down, like I underperformed during the actual a-level exams yeah um they're like nah there's not really anything we can do um but then he said the next best thing they can do is put me on the ifp program so it's like an international foundation program oh right so yeah he tells me this um he's like that's the best you can do you have to apply for that as a separate 
application process. Mm-hmm. Um, so now by this time, it's like what, like mid-August, like heading up to September. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously, because I'm international, so to apply to uni, like you need, first of all, your offer needs to be accepted. Then they need to give you a CAS. Um, that's right. like your the thing that you need to apply for your visa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you need to be accepted. They give you your CAS, you get your visa. But then for this new program, since it's like a foundation thing, yeah, they needed me to do the the IELTS, which is basically oh the English, you know that yeah, basically the English um, language tests. Yeah. So then in my mind, I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm from Kenya, which mm-hmm. English is literally the national language. Yeah. Uh, I've done and studied in English. I've literally done English language, English lit yeah. as IGCSE and A-level subjects and gotten like A's. Yeah. But then they still need me to go and do a basic English test so I can prove that I know English. It's like the, pr- the whole thing is like yeah. so messed up. But yeah, so he told me, yeah, you need to do that. Like you can't really take an alternative. Uh, alternative so me i'm like okay um i go i search kenya ielts yeah i open the thing <laughs> it tells me the next available date is in october uh. so now i'm like okay damn that by that time because then you have to do your ielts mm. then you have to wait for like two or three weeks to get your ielts results yeah. you send them to the uni then they accept the offer then they send you a cast then you can apply for a visa then you have to book your flights yeah so by that time i by that time it was like you would not be able to register in september i don't get why so many unis care about the uh the ielts if you've already had like a igcse qualification or yeah no i think it's because like it's a government requirement because it's not the actual because oh. the that program was like a level below the undergrad degree right so they needed the ielts yeah uh, i think it was just like a government requirement yeah. so yeah so basically i saw that then we're like, okay, so you're not going to be able to go in September. Mm. What's next? Now, at this point, my parents are like, it might be time you just look look home. <laughs> <laughs> they took me They took me to <laughs> took me to Strathmore. Really? Yeah, bro, they took me to Strathmore. Um, I met, like, the dean of the law school. Yeah. You know, I talked to him. Um, really nice guy. He's actually in the UK right now, <laughs> funnily enough. But, yeah, when I spoke to him, you know, he was telling me about um, some of the benefits of studying law in Kenya. Right. Um, but that's mainly if like you want to practice go back home and practice in Kenya. Yeah, it's, it'll be a lot easier. But you know, at that time it was just the whole thing of, you know, especially even being like in P two, like mm. everyone was looking UK, Canada, US. Yeah, I think only like a very few people stayed to study in Kenya, and I think that was like for medicine and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, you're just looking. I know it's but at that age, you know, like mm-hmm. what like seventeen, eighteen. Just it sh- it sh- yeah, it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a factor, but like you know, it's that thing of like all my friends are going to the UK. Yeah. I also want to go and experience it. I don't want to miss out. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I just you know looking at my options, and it was just at that point it was kind of like I didn't really see a way forward. Hmm. But then I'm like, surely how can there be no available IELTS tests um, open anywhere till October? So yeah. I. I searched in UG and Tanzania. Really? Yeah, bro. I was I was determined to yeah. go. I was determined <laughs> to go. That's good, man. So yeah, I found one in Tanzania. Literally, I went. I flew to Dar es Salaam for the weekend. Me and my mm. mom. I went. I did the IELTS there. Then at that point, you know, I started having a bit of hope. Like, yes, I've got a slot. I've done my IELTS. Yeah. They'll be they'll be here in time for September. But then, two weeks later, get an email. 
sorry, we have to delay the test results by two weeks. Damn. I'm like, damn, can't catch a break. <laughs> so now at this point, you know, I emailed the guys. I'm like, listen, I know you need the IELTS, but I can't get my results. But then the guy tells me, nah, there's not really anything we can do. Um, best thing you can do is join in February. Uh, no, yeah, join in. Those are February start right. or January start, whatever. Um, so now, even so, that was the only option I could take really. Yeah. Um, to join in Jan. Um, but then, yeah, it was just that whole thing of I was so determined to go that I really had to find any any way to get there. You know, another thing with, like, university here, I remember um, part of the reason why my parents were pushing me for, for me to come to the UK as well is yeah. even if you're, like, British but you've lived outside... Mm. Um, the universities sometimes ask you like how long have you lived in the UK before yeah. you can actually like or they might have to like put you on like an international like your uh, your international like placement you yeah know, the program yeah and um, so I can that, ha- that happens to some people or like mm. they can't secure funding as well yeah so um, that was part of the reason why my parents also wanted me to come to the UK so you're el- eligible for a um, student loan yeah and yeah. also Remember, thinking to myself, like, what if, what if I don't want to study in the UK though? Like, what if I want to go to Canada or the yeah. States? And they're just there, like, well, if you decide that, then at least in the UK, um, it's still easier to go there than from Kenya. Yeah, yeah. But like that whole transition period, because I remember when I finished year thirteen, like, I don't know if you remember, like, bro, I used to be a skinny guy, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> like basically, I weighed like fifty, fifty-five. Hey, skinniest uh, man. <laughs> you slide on the doors when you try to lock you out. <laughs> but yeah, like medically, I think I was like just a bit underweight. So basically, when I got that thing of like, like that realization of I wouldn't be able to go to uni till Jan, mm. it was a, it was just like I came to a realization of was I even ready to go in September? Because mm. like yeah, you know, I was a skinny guy. I didn't even know how to cook. I don't think at that <laughs> point, like yeah, I didn't know how to cook. You know. Um, yeah, so it just became a thing of, I don't even think I was, I think it was a good thing I didn't go in September, because yeah. basically that whole period of September to December, mm. bro, it was like every day I went to the gym, I came back, I was cooking, like I began cooking like with my mom, dinner, everything yeah. for the family. Sort of becoming domesticated now. <laughs> even got to the point my dad made jokes of like, hey, at this rate, you might not even go to uni, just go to, go to <laughs> culinary school, <laughs> send me some money. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that whole that those three months, bro, I just grinded in the gym, like just learning yeah. different skills. That to be honest, I don't even think I was. I don't to be honest, I don't think I was ready to go union in September. I don't think a lot of people were like going yeah. when I went to union in September. Like I definitely wasn't ready. Like I didn't. Mm. I knew how to do basic cooking things, but I'd only seen cooking really, like yeah, yeah, yeah. without home or anything, and I've never actually tried my hand at it. And I thought it was easy, and I just throw stuff together and it's oh I was eating badly for the first year and <laughs> at least at least you were in the first few months of like from September yeah. to February at least you were eating well like I was <laughs> I was eating terribly <laughs> yeah I feel like a lot of people went and it's because of that whole thing of like once you finish year 13 like especially I don't know I think it might be different in the UK but like especially in Kenya mm. it's this thing of like take like telling your parents I want to take a gap year like that just Mm. Like I don't know, I I don't know anyone that really did that. Like everyone, you had to go and do something. Yeah. Like you know, like this concept of taking time off, taking a year off to yeah, just do whatever. Like, 
not a lot of people, will, especially back home, I feel like you're not able to do it's, that. It's not like when your parents don't give you that option as well, where they like from the start telling you like you you, you can go to university afterwards, you know, get this degree, get this yeah. master's and go on. But yeah, I feel like that's just how yeah. like society is right now. Yeah, like, definitely. You need to finish this, then go and do this. Like you need to get that degree. I know people right now, like they've, we've done our undergrad, they've gone straight into masters. Yeah. And like, that was one thing, especially I knew, like, I don't really, like I was, especially because of COVID, like, bro, I, I got tired of studying. Like, I swear. Like once I got, once I got that, my law degree, I was like, let me just, you know, mm. uh, take it back a little bit. I want to get some proper yeah. work experience now. Um, but yeah, I feel like that break before I went to uni, yeah. like it was so, so helpful. That's the thing. I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do like a full gap year. Yeah. But if I could just get more time, because mm. eventually, like the summer break before, like after after finishing A levels and then going yeah, to uni, yeah. it's it's a it's a while. But you're still like at home. You're chill. Yeah. You know, you're not reaching more. It's more guys are celebrating. Yeah. More than, that's like, getting thing. ready for anything. Yeah. But then with those extra months, like you actually reach a point where you're like, oh, I need to learn some some skills yeah, and yeah, yeah. You need to do something. Like you get bored and you push yourself to like get some work experience maybe or yeah true but i was i was so envious of so many people for going on like a gap year but you can also end up in a trap of like after doing your gap year where you're like actually i don't want to go to university yeah and um well maybe it's not a trap for depending on who you i don't well it shouldn't it's not a trap at all really just you decide later on i don't want to go to university and i mean yeah that's also an option yeah. but i feel like that's I've seen mostly that's an option here in the UK. Yeah. Because um, through my girlfriend, like, and some of her friends, she's told me, like, they mm. did A-levels and then, like, they went straight into jobs. Yeah. Like, you can do, like, their apprenticeship levels. Yeah. Like, and not even, like, you know, you tell someone, like, it's an apprenticeship, they think, like, carpentry or something. Like, not, these are guys that are working, like, in finance or, like, yeah. um, like in a barrister's office or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then I feel like back home, that's not, really advertise enough or i don't even know if that exists like that's how yeah like i don't even know if it's that um this thing of you know you just finish school and you don't really need to go to university you just go and like start yeah. a basic level like entry position and like a decent job um but then like this that whole thing of back home the mentality of you need you need your degrees you need your yeah papers. you need some like accreditation yeah but i mean that's just how it is um and yeah that's that was basically like my my route to getting to uni and um <laughs> there was hey it wasn't easy man Eesh, there was too many twists and turns Bro, i would have done the same i would have traveled i would have traveled like six hours like <laughs> hopes and expectations shattered mm. and then yeah it was it was very long mm. um, but the way i knew i was ready was um we had a family trip um i think that december like for christmas where the whole family gets together type yeah. of thing you and all your cousins and because at that point, you know, I'd been like, you know, going gym like consistently for like three months. <laughs> you felt you had, so, you had something to show when you... And then, you know, it's those ones where like, you know, usually before that, you know, when you go in, like your auntie see, they're like, oh, Kyle, you need to eat more. Yeah. But that that, that, that holiday, they're like, <laughs> okay, Kyle. And that's that's how you know you're really... Yeah. <laughs> it turns from you need to eat more to, hey, what have you been eating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was a stamp of approval I needed, bro, <laughs> that I knew I was ready. <laughs> Do you think it also helped with your confidence, like... Oh yeah, for sure. Like, mm. you know, and I think that's one thing. Like, you know, when you gym, you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, you become comfortable in your own skin, um, what you wear, type of thing. So yeah, you know, um, that's why I said like 
I think it was a good thing I didn't really go in September because yeah. I don't think I, I would have been ready. Um, so yeah, ended up going in Jan. Uh, did my IFP program. Yeah, you know, smashed it. Was it over the summer time. as well? Uh, yeah. So basically, you start in. It was like the end of Jan, start of February. Right. Um, so it was six months because with the with the February started was accel- accelerated. Yeah. As opposed to starting in September, where you have an extra whole few months. Right. So, yeah, but that IFP program itself was also very, it was very demanding. I thought it would be like, you know, not too bad, but it was also very they demanding. They compare you for... Because in terms of hours, because the February start is accelerated. So I had like two hour lectures, yeah. like almost every day, like back to back. So it would be, it was, it was almost like a nine to five. Because yeah. there'll be some lectures you have nine to 11. You have a little break um, between 11, like one, then you go one yeah. to three. You have a little break, then you go like four to six. And you also have to do like some English classes. Like. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's, it. it's like mandatory. It's, I think it's just government requirements. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have to do English classes, but then obviously, like I said, I've been speaking English my whole life, so <laughs> they, they weren't too hard. They weren't too hard. Um, but then, yeah, it was very, very, um, in terms of like scheduling, yeah. it was the manga. Yeah, and then especially, you know, because at that point, like, that's when you're first coming to uni. So then now you feel like, oh, I've missed out on Freshers' Week in September. Yeah. So now everyone on our program was like, okay, we we need to also, you know, live it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, you can't be going out, and then you have, like, a 9 a.m. in the next morning, and mm-hmm. then you're just there, and you're like, ah. it was still It was still a very good experience, though. Yeah. And then also because we spent, like, so many hours together, like, those also became, like, pretty good friends of mine nice. that I kept throughout, like, the whole uni journey yeah um and then yeah i mean how did you or how did you pick your uni <laughs> so i picked my uni basically the most simplest way i just searched i knew i wanted to do engineering i knew i wanted to yeah. do mechanical or electrical yeah um before that i was also looking into maybe computer science mm. um at the start of a levels i was thinking about that but then this was like when a levels were reformed and you um you only needed to do like three. Yeah. And I decided to do a fourth, which was like computer science, but I dropped that after like um, the first term because I realized like this is, this is a lot of work and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Like, <laughs> so I basically just searched for my grades, my, like, the, like the top unis. And yeah, I was just yeah. going from there and then I, like, I picked, I think it, I can't remember how many options you pick. Like you pick three? Well, in UCAS. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was like four or five, I think. Oh yeah, five, and then I think you pick like your favorite, your top or something. Top, top three, three, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I just picked um, like one slightly above my grades, mm. one at my grades, and like one below, kind of just to be yeah. safe. And yeah, just uh, that's where I landed on Sussex. And um, mm. I actually, for my at my A levels, I didn't get the grades I wanted. Yeah. Um, but they offered me a foundation year. Right, which it's not like it's sort of like yours, but um, mm-hmm. without like the English, not international foundation. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But it just um, just an extra, and I think that really helped me as well, mm-hmm. and um, gave me more time to settle in. And like, yeah, yeah. Although the requirements for the foundation year, I, I feel like they were they were higher than um, the first year. Really? First year, you just needed to pass all modules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for the foundation year, you needed to get like certain, over a certain threshold. Oh, yeah, no, I think mine was the same. Um, Because on my foundation, so 
um, yeah, basically like same process of picking unis through UCAS. Yeah. Um, but then the main reason I wanted to pick Kent was um, owner that campus, like yeah. a proper uh, campus feel, um, like as opposed to like unis like for example in London where it's all yeah. like busy city and different type of things going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted that university like proper proper campus feel. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, like similar to you, my foundation program you had to have i think it was 60 or 70 percent overall i think it was 60 60 yeah. percent overall in everything yeah and then i think it's 65 in what you want to progress in yeah. so you had to do um english language or not english language it was something like the uh, english skills or something like that yeah. I, can't remember, I can't remember exactly what it was called um you have to do that then it's like essay writing type of thing right. um testing your grammar all that type of stuff. Um, then you do. Then I did law, politics, and sociology as yeah. my three choices. Um, so I passed all three. So at the end of my program, I could have, if I wanted to do sociology instead, if I changed my yeah. mind, I could have gone or done politics. But I still wanted to do law, so I went to law. That's good. Um, but then, yeah, that we don't need another politician. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, those those um, thresholds that you need to meet, it's like it's definitely tougher than than first yeah. year because first year you just need there's this whole thing of like first year doesn't really matter in university and technically it doesn't matter in terms of your degree but then if you're studying something like law it does matter if you in turn want to go and like apply for yeah. like um vacation schemes or whatever um but yeah in my foundation like i made sure to get like i set my own target of like 70 yeah. percent minimum across everything and i was able to get that so Thing is, that whole first year doesn't matter. I think it's it's dependent on the course as well. Yeah. Um, because for me, like with engineering, there's some fundamental mm. like topics you need to you need to know some fundamentals in math or yeah um, physics and whatever that skills that you just need to have. Mm-hmm. And also, like so much the grade isn't that important. Just to pass is enough, and then yeah, uh, it doesn't count. But then the actual ethic behind it right. like learning to be a hard worker on top of just being smart like mm. and um knowing like how to sort of manage your deadlines and social life balance like yeah, yeah. learning to live by yourself you know that cooking eating good and <laughs> i know i know during first year like nobody was eating that well but yeah i feel like the it really helped me especially because i the main difference i found uh, between like high school and uni Especially yeah. with like, especially with um, law, was the essay writing. Yeah. Because um, you know you come from like A levels where like you do an essay, you get however much percentage. Then you go to uni and you do that same like style of essay. And like I remember my first essay, I got like I think it was like uh, fifty two or something. Hey, uh, yeah. So I'm like, Eesh, okay, <laughs> this is this is a bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that the foundation really helped me in terms of um, like actually um making my essays up to like university standards Mm. um and then also in like with the law modules you know you're introduced to some of the topics you'll be talking about in first year yeah um so i think the way that helped me was when i went to first year then because i feel like if i'd gone especially with with lots of people when you first go to uni in first year like your first few essays will be those like 52 48s whatever Mm. but then with me since i'd already done all that i'd already gone through all that on foundation when i went to first year all my essays were up to like you know the 68 and 70s region nice which i found really um especially because then 
I was doing law, so I wanted to apply for vacation schemes. So when they say, can we see your first year results? Yeah. You know, they're looking looking a bit decent, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was really one fact that really helped me, um, like, transition into uni. Yeah. On the social side, though, um, how did you find your uni, Sussex? Ooh, let me tell you, man. I mean, so my choices were, like, Bristol or Sussex, and... Yeah. I'd actually, I'd visited both before going to uni. Yeah. And I already liked the feel of Brighton. I already liked the feel of Bristol. Yeah. And um, I liked the feel of being, having a campus. Yeah. And, and a city. Right. Because with Sussex, like, we have our campus, which is mm-hmm. just a bit um, further out of, like, the city center. I remember in those hills. Those, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I liked. Like, that sort of being, being near the wilderness, being in the city. Yeah. I could, like, I could go biking and... um Mm. Play football, mix. yeah, yeah, and I had the beach as well, and I mean, there's so many people there as well that aren't at university that you yeah, meet yeah. and that are just like locals or they mm. work there, and I think that's an important like factor is yeah. being involved in the real world, and because when you're just on in a like visiting some of my friends that went to just purely campus unis, yeah, it's a very student, um, yeah, it's like a bubble, yeah, yeah, and. It just doesn't feel. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like the real world, you know. Sometimes I'll go there. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like me. Like it seems like you've never left home or like. Yeah, I know. Especially with Kent, like there's so many like international mm. students. Um, and then if you stay like over in the holidays, like Canterbury, like becomes like almost a ghost town sort of. Yeah. Because oh, most people go home. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see why like mm. you'd want a mix of like, uh, campus and also like the city aspect. Yeah. But then yeah, I mean. Then obviously we had COVID, so <laughs> that yeah. also impacted the uni experience heavily. Yeah, um, I remember the when when the fir- when they first announced lockdown. Mm. Um, so I was living on campus with like in a flat. You have like in the flats I was living in. It was like seven of us. Right. You each have your own room, your own bathroom. Then mm. you share like the living room and kitchen right. type of thing. So when lockdown was first announced, like everyone else in my flat went home. Everyone. Like everyone, all all six, because they, they were all they were all from the UK. Yeah. So they could all just go home. Yeah. But then for me, it was a thing of, I don't really know what's going on, I'll just stay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, became the, and that was when the, the fear of COVID even outweighed the risk of COVID. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. At that time, everyone was scared, you know, they, they then also I'm asthmatic. So they were saying, you know, if you're part of this group, you, you better take care. Risk. You better watch out. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, Okay. So I think for like the first, I think I went seven weeks by myself. Like, and then also because I wasn't living with anyone. So we weren't really mixing households. Like at that time, ever, everyone was scared of COVID. Yeah. That thing of guys were even washing the groceries type of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was already, I, like I, for me, adapting to the whole COVID thing was fine because I was already washing my hands all the time. You know, I've been telling this to people like guys were never washing their hands, but I was already washing my hands before, like all the time. And I. I'm saying that's why I'm, I was fine. I didn't change much about myself. The fact that people out there being like, you guys have to wash your hands more often. I was like, how badly, like... Stop, how the, f- stop the cap right now. Please. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> You're one of the homies that was out here super spreader, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're out here super spreading. I had my bubble and I stuck to it. Nah, man. But yeah, like... And then also, feel I, I definitely was robbed. Like, my, my last... Like, the... Second half of my second year and then my whole yeah. third year. I was robbed, bro. Dude, I was I was actually meant to do a placement. Um, yeah. And I got like an email back being like, 
oh, due to unforeseen circumstances, mm. um, like so many companies were laying off people, firstly. Yeah. And um, they were just like, oh, we are deciding to like postpone our placement, uh, student placement opportunities. And I was like, that sucks. So I just, I was like, hey, it's okay, I've got mm. others, you know? So I started applying and then like, we've had to like hold, put all our um, applicants on hold right now while we sort of go through the shift. Yeah. And I was just like, so disheartened and like yeah no that happened to me as well to be fair uh, you were going for like the vacation schemes or yeah i had applied for a vacation scheme um in my second year and then yeah it got cancelled literally covid like some people made the transition to online faster but then yeah. the one i had like they didn't so they just cancelled it um but then yeah i mean that also prompted me to search for other things yeah. um actually before before covid actually i, I wasn't on linkedin um, I didn't really use LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah. Then during COVID, it became this whole thing of like my uni started doing like exercises on. Uh, mm. Now networking is more important than ever because everyone is, you know, on virtual. Yeah. So I started using it. Then I was able to get like another job opportunity through LinkedIn. Mm. So, yeah, that's one way I guess COVID helped me improve. But then on the academic side, like the online classes, man, it, it hit everyone. Just, I think. Yeah, I feel like even right now, like, there's still a few people doing online. Yeah. Um, I think it's also, it's disappointing when, like, you have engineering lectures who can't use, can't use <laughs> software properly or having, like, issues with yeah. hardware and um, they're just not, they're not quick on the uptake. Like, I get if you're older and, you know, yeah. you're trying to be fair, but it's, like, I, I would hope that university at least adapted it better. And then also because some of our coursework is quite uh, mm. demanding software-wise and, a lot of our laptops couldn't handle some of the programs. Yeah, I can imagine. Because um, you get, like, to use the uni yeah, resources. The, yeah, the uni computers. And, yeah. I mean, they set up basically a remote desktop thing that was mm. terrible. It was basically, like, lagging on the computers. And <laughs> then they eventually got an upgrade. But that took... <laughs> I had to wait till next year, basically. I can imagine. Because especially, like, with, like, the law side of it, mm. um, if it's not, like, a very tech-based yeah. subject you're doing... Like, most of your lecturers, especially with law, like, most yeah. of them are just on the older side, yeah. more generally, um, some of them. So, yeah, it was, I don't even know. It just, you didn't feel like I was learning, you know? Like, nah, you you're weren't. watching someone on a screen, you're trying to take notes, yeah. then you're just, but then you're still, like, in the environment of your room. Yeah. And I feel like that lack of separation, yeah. um, like, especially for me, I don't know. I don't know, if, I feel, I don't know if it's just... Like, for me, but, like, I need the separation of yeah. when I'm learning. Like, I go to, like, my lecture hall. I go to my seminar room. That's a, that's, that's something, a skill I had to learn was um, yeah. sort of compartmentalizing that, like, when I'm doing work, mm. this is now my workspace, not my room anymore. Yeah. But that, took, so that took some time. Yeah. Took, a lot of time. And <sighs> Yeah, man. I mean, we survived, but <laughs> it was a journey, man. Yeah. You still, you still, your last year, right? Yeah. So yeah, how is it any different now, or have they made any improvements? It's so it's a lot more. Basically, everything is now in person. Um, yeah. Last semester, I did have like one module that was uh, online, mm. but that was my business module, which is it can be taught online quite easily. Yeah. And um, to like a high standard, at least as well. Yeah. So, um, but now I'm doing quite. Right now, this this semester has quite a lot of mo- like practical elements of the modules, and it's, it's right. so much better being in uni, like around the same yeah, um, yeah. mindset of people, like where 
like you, you decide to go for a break and you just see like that guy who's been there since 6 a.m. still there, <laughs> not even taking a sip, like his bottle's <laughs> empty and he's just uh, going hard, like, yeah. And it, mo- it motivates me, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, um, I guess the whole theme of this podcast, though, this episode, sorry, not this podcast, um, has kind of been the roads that we've taken to get yeah. to where we are today, um, the obstacles, you know, the good, the bad. Type of thing. But who would have thought a pandemic would be our one of our obstacles? Eh? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, some people called it like when they f- when they first started coming out of China, you know, like in yeah. December. Because um, I remember it was that thing of there was like that one guy that went to Italy, then yeah. like he flew to UK, then they're like okay, now there's one guy in UK mm. for who's come from Italy. We think he might be a super spreader. <laughs> then it's like okay, now there's twenty three cases. You're like okay. Yeah. Then like yeah, I think it just when it started like when Premier League players started getting COVID. Yeah, I remember it was like Arteta and then like some other players. Then that's when like the whole lockdown thing started. But I just remember, I just remember it was three weeks and then back to normal. Like, ooh, yeah. like <laughs> I don't know which scientists they were listening to that told them no. it's just gonna be three weeks and here we are two years later still, still COVID. Yeah, but yeah, and I mean now I've made the transition. Obviously, I graduated um last year. Um, and I've made the transition to from being a student to being unemployed. Which is, uh, <laughs> very nice. Um, <laughs> steep transition. Hey, bro, steep. Especially because obviously I lived on campus. Yeah. The whole of uni. Then now I've come to London. And first, and I don't know why, but I feel like I took it so because I was still applying. Like I was looking at like apartments when I was still in Canterbury. Right. So then now it was nearing the time where I was like, okay, my I have to move out of uni. Mm-hmm. But then now I also have to move into my flat. So it was nearing that time of like, I need to move out. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to start, you know, emailing these guys. But then the thing with like agents I found, like don't just call them, don't email. Because these guys, they will take days, some of them will take days to answer you. Yeah. So yeah, I remember like there's this one time um, I called him. He was like, yeah, can you come for a viewing today? At two, and then I had to take the train from Canterbury all the way up here, which is like an hour and some, that's like a few minutes. You've also got to just always like, yeah. if they're like if they're available, mm. trying to reschedule on your terms can be tough. Yeah, if, if you yeah. like, if you're not doing anything, go for it quickly because, like, houses can be snatched up so fast. And yeah, that's one thing, bro. Like literally, so that first that first viewing I did, mm. um, it was. Well, obviously, if you're watching the, I don't know if you, I don't even know if we'll do this visually, but if you are, Tim's in my apartment right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the first viewing I did was like of the building like opposite me. Yeah. Um, that was the first apartment I saw, um, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it's nice. You know, you told me all the like the amenities and whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Mm. Um, so I go back to, I take the train back to Canterbury. Yeah. Um, then now it's evening, so I'm like, okay, he sent me like the, the the offer form or whatever it is yeah. that you need to fill out with all your details, then send it back to him so he can give it to the landlord. Yeah. So now I look at this thing, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll fill this in and I'll send it to him tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that was a mistake. Yeah. Are you sending it to him tomorrow morning? Yeah, sorry, man. This this one is gone. I'm like, what? Like, I could not believe it, bro. Dude, I remember there was a time where you, uh, was like, I think it was like last year or like two years ago, I was with my housemates at the time yeah. and um, we were looking around for houses, like for all of us. Mm. And we found this really nice place and there was another group viewing it. Yeah. And um, she was just like, it's on a first come, first serve basis. So we like, we walked out, we like, we like this place. Let's go to the place right now. Like, let's put the deposit down. <laughs> yeah. So we walked over there and um, 
like one of us heard them the like other people viewing talking yeah. about it and they're like um let's go get this place right now so we had to start running and <laughs> like we arrive and these guys are already in the place and we're like oh my gosh what the hell and like we were just checking we still went in checking like did they get it and then like yeah it's all cleared through like payments have come through yeah bro and that's one thing that's one thing i i, I definitely wasn't ready for bro yeah like these guys, these guys move quick, bro. Yeah. Especially in London, these guys move quick, man. Now London is a different, um, different game. Yeah, bro. I was actually, I was lucky to get this one, mm-hmm. even though it was a few days late. Like the moving day was a few days later, but yeah, um, I was able to like build a good relationship with the estate agent. Mm. Um, so he, he like messaged me as soon as this one became available. Nice. Um, then now builds as well because when Build. I was living on uni, yeah, you didn't have to worry about anything. The you council tax it hits, <laughs> it hits. You know, at uni, you know, you just pay the uni. You yeah. have everything: Wi-Fi, water, everything you need is there, paid mm. for in your in your rent. Then when I came here, okay, you know, you have to set up your Wi-Fi. Yeah, you have to set up your water, your electricity, your heating. Ooh. And then you have to do council tax. You realize like 10, 10 degrees inside the house is quite, quite, quite cozy. Yeah, right now, that's why I have a hoodie. Because yeah. especially now with the energy crisis in UK, I'm, oh, I'm, not, I'm not using that heating. Mm. But um, yeah, bro, like all these bills, like you have to, yeah, you seriously have to budget, man. Um, and then especially that council tax. Mm. Like I've never really taken much interest in my surrounding area. Yeah. But now I want to know where my money's going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, what's what's the quality of that bridge? Is it yeah. being is it being, is it being kept? <laughs> it's just like yeah. every screw, making sure you're getting yeah. money's worth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's just real life, you know, adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, just went in feet first, and um, that's where I'm at right now. That's um, still unemployed, but uh, actually, I don't even think I've officially announced it. But yeah, I've got. Uh, a program I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I've got a program I'm doing um, in June, so you know I won't be on. I won't be unemployed for too nice. long now. <laughs> Congratulations! But um, yeah, cheers, bro. But yeah, it's been a it's been a process, man. Yeah, especially applying for jobs, especially legal, because uh, obviously that was kind of what I was focused on. Yeah, um, legal jobs, you know, vacation schemes, training contracts. Mm-hmm. It's very rigorous, bro. The competition is fierce for that, legal. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And the guys you're up against... They are. These are, these are killers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> these guys don't play around, man. Oh, my. Like, my sister, she does, she did law. And, yeah. Um, she, like, she secured a job. But, like, her going through it, I remember, like... Mm. Yeah. Her telling me about it. And, um, like, for... Like, there was one, one job she did before. And she was literally having to go through, like, interview stage after stage. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it was literally down to, like, two people... And she just missed it, and then, yeah. Um, but she's got a job now, and yeah, like. But for law, I feel like competition is just yeah. No, I think it's in London especially so fierce, bro. Yeah, because and I guess the thing is because the pay is it's like good, also yeah. very very good, especially for the starting even like, yes yeah, starting position, starting entry. Yeah. Uh, for most law, trainees are making yeah, quite yeah, a lot. It's, like, it's very good, especially if you go for like the high end firms. Yeah, it's very good. Um, so obviously, naturally, the competition is. And even even better. There's very few like small firms in London. Like most of them have business internationally as well, right? Yeah, yeah, most of them. Uh, there are a few, um, especially because obviously I was focused on like sports law. So, yeah. um, which well, is, I guess that's going to be more local. Yeah, it's kind of a it's very niche in the UK yeah. um, right now. Um, sports law. So finding a, a firm that like 
focuses solely on sports law as yeah. like its main area of focus. There's only like a handful of them um, that I know in London. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a bit more like because that's a bit more very focused, yeah. like just sports law. But then if you look at like because I also did like a. I had some uh, work experience at like Stevenson Harwood. Yeah. Um, and that's like a global like law firm. Like they have mm. offices here in London, Hong Kong, Dubai. Yeah. Um, like these guys are big time. So like I went there, I did work experience and like you can just tell like when you enter the, even just like when you go to the building and you like see the building. Yeah. It's like, damn. <laughs> you even feel, feel like that. Like this, this is a, this is a million dollar revenue. <laughs> yeah. This is big time, man. This is yeah. big time. Um, but then, yeah, I feel like that whole like law firm environment, like I feel yeah. like it was it was very easy for me to adapt, yeah. um, just because of who I am as a person, and yeah. um, you know, especially I feel like with international students, you you just you're forced to adapt this mindset you of are. you have to go somewhere, you have to mm. grind, you have to you have to adapt, you know. Yeah. Um, you can't. There's really no time for. Um, I don't know what the word is like to slack around. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. Um, but then yeah, because obviously you fly thousands of miles away from home, somewhere you don't know, or maybe you do know. Uh, yeah. Most of the times you don't, and yeah, basically you're by yourself, and you have to make new connections, new friends. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it forces you to just adapt a very um, a mindset that I feel has helped me, like in yeah. like going for jobs and stuff. For me, changing schools. Yeah. That helps me, and I mean. From my like the way I've been brought up, I've always mm. moved, so it's quite easy. It's it's very easy for me to adapt to my yeah, like, surroundings. Yeah. But I do understand how so many people like can find that difficult. Yeah, and, find it challenging. Yeah, it's um also finding like people who you can you know get along with and understand. And, yeah, I mean some people just adapt to change better. Yeah. Um, then also it helps if, for example, you play sports. Like I feel yeah. like football. Mm. I feel like that's just the one thing. Like you can just go anywhere. Yeah. Um, you'll find someone who you can relate to on if that you, on that on those terms. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a good way to like you know meet new people. That's the thing. Playing sports, I, you just you can make friends so yeah. easily from that. Yeah. Like, and especially at uni. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any like team team sports, they just they create a social dynamic. I mean, you also you you like helped your you helped your team get back up like because of the covid like pandemic all sports were like canceled but yeah no it was a thing of um i made my the old things football society yeah um so yeah like you said covid mm. then cuz obviously my team we were playing in the amateur league yeah so these guys were like the uni was like okay we're only going to start back up the official teams yeah. and people who are affiliated with their respective um, unions or associations. Yeah. So basically for all of us that played amateur football, which was relatively more than the people who play for the teams, because obviously the teams, they do tryouts, they only take a few people. Yeah. But then obviously amateur football, like literally anyone can join. Um, So there was a lot of people who weren't playing, let's just say that. And then obviously it became to the point of, then they moved it to, you can only play six people. Mm. Um, There was that rule of six. Yeah. Then obviously for a sport like football, how can you play three on three v three? Like it's just mm. it was just very frustrating. So yeah, um, long story short, no, I made the, That's the system. Did yeah, you know, I mean yeah, they they told me like you know you have to be associated. So I'm like okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do that you need to either be a football club, a club or a society? Mm. So I'm like okay, I'll make a society. I nice. made it. I made it free for everyone. 
I go association hey, with um. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, man. go to association with the Kent FA, um, the football association, mm. and um, yeah, then we're able to start playing uh, up to thirty, which obviously you can that's do good. eleven v eleven or yeah, however many. Um, so yeah, that's basically um, just how it, that was the whole premise behind it. Like we guys just wanted to play, mm. and then obviously now that I've graduated, um, pass the reins on. Um, I can still see like they still have their weekly sessions or whatever. Yeah. So and yeah, the whole thing, I guess that it turned into was just people who love football and just want to connect with people of a same yeah. same mind. And yeah, I guess for sometimes I even forget I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know who's listening to this, but um, if you're someone who's about to go into uni or in uni right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Societies can be a good way to, you know, yeah. connect with people, um, especially on campus. Like, yeah. I think there's even there's even a few in my uni, like Harry Potter Society, Quidditch Society, some, yeah, Flat Earth Society is one of yeah, my like you can you'll find your people, like <laughs> whoever you are, you'll, yeah. fi- you'll find your people there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you'll find your people. <laughs> yeah, you'll find your people, man. Um, so we're going. We're going for Kalele. I can't this this time, man. I'm busy. <laughs> I've got. I've got. I've got to work, man. I've got to work hard. This guy. But yeah. Um, so if you don't know, Kelele is a um, fashion show that the East African Society in Kent does like yearly. Um, so I think this, the, the one they're doing right now is going to be the first one since the one I did when I was on the committee before COVID. Mm. So hope, hopefully I make it back down for that just to, you know, support, support my fellow East Africans. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you said you're working, but I mean, some of the jobs you've had... <laughs> Dude, you gotta you gotta dip your let's, toe into every every part. Let's, let's get into it. This guy, I know. There's one time he was working as a chef's assistant or something. Yeah. Uh, at a pub, then he went. He did some swimming training. Became a lifeguard. <laughs> like like just so, tell us tell us a bit about. I mean, these, these experiences. These are, these are like summer jobs, you know, just to <laughs> to get to just earn some money on the side and to. Well, like partially, thing is. If I wasn't doing anything, I'll be so bored. Yeah. My parents would be like, why don't you just come back home and yeah. do nothing at home? And doing nothing at home is very different to doing nothing in your own place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've done like work experience in the past with um, more serious stuff, like working in some companies. And, yeah. But the, uh, the chef working in the kitchen, that was, that was just by luck. You know, I was, I was at this like pub. It's actually by bad luck, let me tell you that. Um, I was at this pub and like arrived, I was like, hi, I'm here for a trial shift. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Um, and they put me on the bar. Yeah. I was like, I've never worked in a bar. And um, I was behind there and I was like talking to one of the other people. I was like, I didn't even apply for this position. I'm just here in the bar. Like the guy just told me to come here. He's like, wait, you didn't apply for this? I was like, nah, I, was, I looked at some like kitchen job or something. Like I was hoping yeah. to just eat some food, you know? I didn't even know. I didn't even read the role properly, bro. But they... Um, yeah, eventually I just, uh, they're like, oh, the guy called, like, to talk to the manager. I was like, why is, he go- why is he going to the manager right now? Like, I'm happy being in the bar. Yeah. And they just took me upstairs to the kitchen. I was like, ah, I've arrived in hell. And um, I was working. I mean, I was eating a lot. Like, I'm yeah, just there. I remember. I, remember. I was just there, like, I was learning, I was learning quite a bit about cooking, actually, and mm. using, like, some of the knives and uh, plating up food, like, present- presenting it. And, yeah. Um, Actually, I remember a time a woman sent back some food because she was missing some calamari. I'm sorry to that woman. <laughs> was that you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. I just, I just, because like, there's always some food on the side, and I, I just thought that plate was not going, so I was like, oh, take a piece. And Wait, so you ate the customer's food? Hey, I took like, a, I took one piece. She, she sent the plate back with like four missing. I was like, hey, I didn't get yo. enough. And I was like, I was there like, shit. Hey, yo, let me tell you. Tim's my guy, but if I'm never going to go eat at a restaurant this guy's working in, in the <laughs> kitchen, I'm not going to eat this guy's restaurant. Why? You, bro, you know I can cook. <sighs> Let's just not even get into it, man. <laughs> and yeah, what about the, the lifeguard job, though? Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty... That's pretty fun. That's easy. Yeah. You just sit on a chair, um, watch a pool. You can, do, you can do your own things in your head, really. Wait, was um, it indoor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> I mean, that one, you just had to do, like, some kind of test. Yeah. Uh, you had to learn, like, CPR, um, mm. life-saving skills in the water, out the water, you know, like, what to do if someone has having a heart attack, stroke. Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite a... When you, when you think about the training that you do... Yeah. And you don't realize how much how much you have to look out for, you know, if someone slips, like what the, the protocols and mm. like how liable you are for any injuries as well. If you do not like properly treat them. And um, like, there's been no incidents with me personally, but I know like other lifeguards have told me like a time where like I'm, maybe I wasn't working that day and there's like a kid had a seizure or, oh. I remember there's one kid that um, was trying to drown on me, but <laughs> I took care of that. Don't worry. <laughs> what yeah this kid like just went down the slide and couldn't swim and um just started like writhing in the waters and i was like oh no <laughs> so i i ran quickly and i was like Whew, i'm not gonna jump in there's a woman right there i just told her pick him up please and uh they oh, saved and, uh, <laughs> for the training for that job did you have to um, how do you even train how do you like well like, interview for a job like that you have to just swim like well basically so the, the interview, new freestyle <laughs> yeah dude the interview was um like asked me some questions about like safety like what like um can i be careful around chemicals that kind of thing like what, yeah yeah um basic stuff that right? you could really just pass on a whim and then they asked me to swim like a few lengths of the pool mm. in a certain amount of time um see if you're quick enough and then i had to like dive down to the bottom and be able to pick up a dummy Right, right. It was pretty heavy. Um, and then to pass the actual qualification, you need to like swim with someone for a short distance. Yeah. It's really not that difficult if you like... If you know how to swim. Yeah. And, um, or getting up to that point, like up to that standard as well. Like yeah. you can learn, you can train if you're swimming a lot in that like training. Yeah, of course. I can imagine. So, um, yeah, but these are just, uh, you know, fun, fun little jobs to... I mean, yeah, because personally, I don't think I've had, I've had any like jobs like that yeah i feel like i've always had things that are work experience yeah like proper proper i mean the the only thing i did um but i guess it was kind of official or and unofficial was working um back in 2017 mm. the those the iwf under 18 athletics oh, yeah. that were held in nairobi um so i think my dad got me to work for him on that yeah um, actually, I worked with um, <laughs> Tiger and Moses. Really? Yeah, yeah. That was kind of our summer job. We were working on in the um, athlete accommodation. When was this? Like after year 13. Oh, right. So I think it was like July, yeah. July of 2017. Um, yeah, we worked like on in the athlete accommodation. So What are you doing? Just Yeah, so basically because they were being housed in like the empty 
um, like Kenya, Kenyatta University uh, yeah, accommodations, dorms, yeah. the dorms, yeah. So obviously you have uh, blocks with different countries. Yeah. So if you're placed in one block, you need to know which nations you have. Yeah. Um, some teams needed like transport to go see, like for example, if they're visiting the yeah. the ambassador in Nairobi for like their country. Yeah. So like I think like the Swedish team went to visit like the Swedish ambassador or whatever. Yeah. You need to arrange transport for them. So like organizers. Yeah, you need to organize for them transport. You need to then everyone has to be like going for dinner and meals at like a certain time. Yeah. Um, going for training, especially that was the main thing. Training yeah. at the stadium, you need to get transport for the training, the the bus to the stadium. Even though it wasn't too far, but you still needed to make sure everything was on schedule. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was basically what um ha- we had to do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was pretty fun because yeah. it was the under eighteen championship. So er- literally everyone there was our age. Yeah. So yeah, it was you know you get to interact with like people from Germany from literally loads of countries all over the world mm. um, and I guess that's the most I guess you can say odd job that, yeah. I've, that, <laughs> that I've ever done because then from that it's been yeah. uh, at a law firm or sports tech or um, whatever Dude, else odd jobs hey they show yeah. you they show like you know I forget how like um, how much I am in a bubble even though like yeah. I have friends in different places or whatever from different backgrounds mm. but we still all have like the same sort of mindsets and working those odd jobs and like yeah, with yeah. other people who you wouldn't necessarily like meet in the same places in your day to day life. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like wow. Forget that there's like so much more going on and it's quite eye opening and you know it definitely like exposes you to different factors in yeah. life. I feel because um, then especially I guess just taking it back to uni. When I went to uni, I had this mindset of. Um, especially like international students most people that we know like you go uni then mm. in summer you go back to Kenya yeah. everyone meets up in Kenya and they're like you know having a good time whatever whatever mm. but then for me it was just a thing of I want to you know I want to work I want to get experiences I want to you yeah. know like exp- expand my my boundaries yeah um, so you know getting jobs um, there are j- jobs to get through the uni although I didn't really do that I went yeah. like my own direction um, but then, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say like staying in the UK um, and not going home. Yeah, was something that I, that I wanted to do. But then, obviously, that was pre-pandemic because then yeah. pandemic started, and then I literally I wasn't able to go home. <laughs> and then it became like a thing of didn't even see like my mom, for example, yeah. for like two years until I, I literally only went back um, in November. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I remember, like, the year of the pandemic, I was meant to, I was meant to see my parents, like, in the summer, when it started, like, in, like, January or something, and, um, yeah, they were in Ethiopia at the time, and they actually, they just left Ethiopia at the time to come to the UK, yeah, um, because if anything happened, like, like, if they needed to go to hospital or whatever because of COVID, they were, like, at least maybe in the UK where... Like, it mm. won't be as, pres- like, stressed. Yeah, yeah. Because in Ethiopia, amount of hospitals and whatever. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> two years without seeing your mom, man. Yeah, my mom, my little brother, um, my middle brother as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got through it and we're here today, so. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I guess we've gone on and on about loads and loads of different things. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to sign off. Because I usually Thanks just for, sign. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, I usually just sign off uh, when it's by myself. But um, 
you just just turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> no uh, goodbye. Okay, okay. Bye, bye. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, um, if you've even listened this far, um, damn. <laughs> That's all I can say. I can't believe you've listened this far, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. And um, gonna try get another episode out. Nice. Sometime in the future. And maybe you can come to Brighton. We uh, record there. Get some seagulls. <laughs> hey, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, um, thanks to Tim for joining the pod. Um, nice. You guys, let me know in the comments if uh, if <laughs> if this homie should come back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, yeah. Thanks for coming down, man. And uh, it's a pleasure, man. For the convoy in it. Um, yeah, but you'll uh, you'll definitely feature again for sure. Uh, of course, man. Oh, I won't have for this now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely going to feature again. So, um, yeah, this has been uh, 22 and No Clue. It's been your boy, Kyle Gesheru and... Uh, Tim Martin. Yeah, my homie Tim. And uh, thank you. Appreciate you. Peace.